Greetings, it's Wednesday, the 24th of February. The joint is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Let me ask you a question. When you use the bathroom, do you close the door behind you? You don't want people looking in on you, right? So why would you let people see what you look at online? Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like going to the bathroom and not closing the fucking door. Did you know that the creepy internet providers actually spy on what you do? Every single website you visit. And then they turn around and sell you info to ad companies. Is that what you want? Let me tell you something. Sometimes at night, when I go deep, deep, deep into the murky waters of the underworld, I got an ExpressVPN and I go to places and I look at things you've never seen before. I don't like talking about them because nobody's business. But anyway, ExpressVPN puts a stop to the madness. It creates a secure tunnel between you and the internet. So if you're like me and believe your online activity is your own fucking business, secure yourself by visiting expressvpn.com slash Joey. Again, expressvpn.com slash Joey and get an extra three months free. Free. Three months for free. Support the joint and protect your fucking privacy, people. They're out there. They're, they're, they're doing this constantly. It's time now to get this. Today, right now, go to expressvpn.com slash Joey and start protecting what you watch. The church is also brought to you by CBD Lion. I can't say enough things about CBD Lion. All I can say is that I'm to a, down to a half a pill, a pain pill, a night before I go to bed. All that, and the, the, jar, the jar is full. Because of CBD Lion, my surgery has been very successful with their help. From the tinctures to the to the to the kinesiology tape, to the tincture, to the gummy bears, to the vapor, well, however you want, C, uh, CBD, CBD Lion will provide it for you. But you got to do me one favor first. You got to go to CBDLion.com. That's where the party starts. Read, read, learn what. CBD can do for you. Go to CBD line right now, right now.com. Check out what they got. The bath walls, the kinesiology tape, the vapor, however you want. The gummy bears are from another fucking planet. The raspberry ones are from another fucking planet. So start today. Go to CBDLine.com. You don't want to buy your CBD line from some fucking mud at a corner store or something. Why would you buy CBD at a fucking liquor store? I saw CBD at a liquor store the other day. I'm like, are you fucking crazy? CBDLine.com right now slash Joey. Get 20 20% off your order, delivered right to your motherfucking house. Let's get this joint started, bitches. It's Wednesday.
What's happening, you bad motherfuckers? It's Wednesday, the 24th of February. I got no snots in my nose today. Everything's beautiful. Let's start off by thanking Governor Murphy. Right now, fucking Governor Newsom is getting darts thrown at that cocksucker. But my Governor Murphy is on the ball and shit. We smoked a number yesterday. We fucking got it all out of the way. So it's legal in New Jersey. So for all you haters that were fucking uh, talking shit in the beginning and goofing on me, ha ha, we could smoke it wherever the fuck we want. I don't want to smoke it on the podcast because I've been smoking on podcasts for the last fucking 10 years. What's another joint? Go smoke a joint by yourself, cocksuckers. But anyway, it's a beautiful day to be alive. Fucking uh, something happened today. I'm going to tug at your heartstrings again because this tugged at mine. I've been thinking about this for a while. And uh, again, I let life throw me fucking signs you know i could come in here like i said until we get things going and the numbers are going down in new jersey i think it's 0.88 point transmission so things are starting to fucking uh whatever i'm trying to get the kid needle over at cvs to get a shot you know i'm trying to put the pieces together but that's not why we're here today uh I'm excited about tonight doing some stand-up. My leg feels better. I heard it the other day, but I went to the doctor Monday after the podcast and fucking uh, I went to therapy and they just said I just pulled a little fucking muscle. The knee is good, so I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, a muscle. It was just a little muscle. You put a little heat on it. I put ice and that's it. What the fuck you want from me? You smoke reefer. That's what we do. You want to heal a little CBD lion, some reefer. But what I want to talk to you guys about was something that happened on Sunday in my house here. And uh, it's going to, someday it's going to blow up eventually. I, you know, I don't know when it's going to blow up in my face. Uh, Sunday, we, I went for a ride. I had to run some errands. My daughter, and, and I should have talked about this on Monday, but I saw the law and order on Monday night. And that's what made me put this whole thing together. Uh, Sunday afternoon, my daughter and my wife went tubing last weekend in Pennsylvania with a bunch of moms. They had a great time. You know, my daughter's having a great time here. That was, that was the whole thing of me moving was for her, and she's living the life of fucking Riley here. So they went tubing, and it was weird because Saturday night I had a show, and I didn't really think about it. You know, when I got there, I looked at the time. It was 8 o'clock when I got to... Uh, Uncle Vinny's, and then I said, you know what, they usually go to bed around 9.30, let me call them now, and just say goodnight, well, I called my wife, she's like, what, we're at the fucking pool, we're at the pool, these listen to them, and they were jumping up and down, so at 9.30, when I got off stage, I talked to the owner, you know, I talked to Jim Florentine for a couple minutes, and then my nephew drove me back, and on the way home, my wife called, and she goes, I just want you to know we're in the hotel, you know, uh, we're going to take showers and stuff, and you can call us whenever you want, whenever you're ready. I go, okay, I'm just I'm on my way home. I should be home 20, 30 minutes, whatever. I don't fucking know what I told her. I come home that night. I walk up the stairs, blah, 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 blah. I, you know, make my tea. I put my fucking capsules in it to go to sleep. I was already go to sleep. And all of a sudden, the phone rang. I thought it was too late to call them. I go, you know, by now, they're probably asleep. The phone rang at like 10.30 maybe, 10.45, and it was my wife. And she goes, my daughter, your daughter wants to say goodnight. And when she was saying goodnight to me, it was weird. She was like, Good goodnight, daddy. And I'm like, goodnight, Mercy. And I, I didn't think about it at the time. I watched the night, you know, I was watching the honeymoon as a something. 
I was I taped the 9:30 honeymooners and I was watching them because then they come on at 11 and 11:30, so I was watching the 9:30 honeymooners and I was you know I was paying attention to the honeymooners. I was talking to her at the same time and she just kind of said, I "Love you, daddy. Miss you. I'll see you tomorrow." Okay, I go, "All right, I'll see you tomorrow." And my wife goes, "Listen, we're not coming in till later because we're going to get up and go to the pool at nine. We're all going to meet." eat breakfast and go to the pool at nine. I go, tremendous. That's even better. Let her get her fucking yayas out. What is she, what's she going to do in the neighborhood? It's just cold here, you know? So I do what I got to do on Sunday. I run some errands. I go to my buddy's house, my goomba's house. We smoke a number. I come back. I'm sitting on the thing. I got ice on my leg. I'm minding my own fucking business. And I hear the garage door open. And I go, the girls are home, you know? And uh, sure enough, a couple minutes later, I hear the door open up and... It's my daughter, and she's walking towards me, and she's fucking bawling, right? And I'm like, uh, what happened was, if she sits on a certain side, when she opens the door, she always hits my car with the door, and my wife says something to her. You know, she's fucking eight, you know? She doesn't know. She doesn't understand the concept. I showed her the dent, and she apologized, and, you know, that was it, so... I saw her coming towards me crying, and I, and I go, what happened? I thought she was going to tell me, I dented the car, mommy's mad at me. She fucking dropped her stuff and ran to me, and I was on the reclining chair. She just, I mean, guys, she just dropped on me and started crying. And I go, what's the matter, Mercy? What happened? Is mommy mad at you? What happened? And she goes, I've really missed you, daddy. I really missed you. I don't ever want to be... Without you again, I, 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 I didn't like it when you used to leave and do comedy on the weekends, but I knew you were making money for the house. But ever since we've been in Jersey, I don't want you to go out no more. I missed you a lot. I don't, I, she goes, I don't even like being without you. Uh, on you know, Next time we go on a family vacation, we all have to go together. Bah, 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 bah. And guys, she was glued to me the rest of the day. I guess it traumatized that. You know, we've been together for the last fucking year. For the last year, we have not been apart at any at all. I've been with them every fucking night for a year now, since February 29th of last year. She's been with me every fucking night. Eight o'clock, we watched Bunked and fucking Jesse. Trust me, I watch all those shows. I know you're looking at me going, Joey, you're retarded. When you have a daughter or a kid, you got to watch those shows. That's time. You know, so I don't watch them all day with her. So we have a window. Her shower's at 7.30, and then from 8 to 9, she watches Jesse and Bunked. And sometimes I let her stay up till 9.15. Like, I play the attorney for her. I say, Mom, she did her homework because she hit the mitts. Let her fucking stay up till 9.15, and she stays with me. But this is what has happened. Like, uh, she was like, I just don't want to be without you. And I'm like... This is fucking weird, you know. Okay, whatever it is. She, she's eight. She's a young girl, and I'm going to fulfill her wish, you know. Okay, you want me to stay? I mean, she doesn't mind me doing comedy or whatever, but I think she just wants me in the house. I have a process with her every night. She comes down. We eat dinner. We all go to our separate corners. She finishes homework or does one of the programs to learn math or Spanish. And then we all jump in showers. Everybody has their own shower. You know, I got my little manscape cave, and uh, Mama's got her bath, and Mercy's got her shower, and then we hook up again around ten to eight. We hook up, we sit down, 
either in the living room or in the family room downstairs, and we watched whatever those kid shows are, you know, Bunk, Jesse, uh, I don't even know. And I, you know, I'm high half the time, so I'm sitting there watching them stone, giggling. Oh, Big City Greens. I fucking, I fucking love Big City Greens, you know. All those shit. I watch that. When you have kids, that's part of the time. I mean, she sits right on me and... We watch this thing, and that's our schedule at night. And then at 9.15, she goes up. I give her about 20 minutes, and I go up there. While she's still falling asleep, I kiss her. I tell her, God bless her in Spanish, that your grandparents are watching over you. And I grab her foot. I always touch her foot. I have the same process every night. I come down, I hang with my wife. Then when my wife goes to bed, I walk my wife up, back up there. And I go in the room and check on her again and pull the cover on her to make sure she's okay. And throughout the night, I'll go in there. Like, if I wake up at 3 in the morning, the first place I had is to my daughter's room to check up on her, make sure she's okay, the bed, the, the teddy bear, the whole fucking thing. So, now that we got through with that one, I had to tell you that to get to the other one. It's like 60 minutes the other night. They were telling a story about the judge who uh, uh, got her husband and son got shot in uh, New Brunswick, East Brunswick. The, the Supreme Court judge in August. She, yeah, it was on 60 Minutes. And she was just explaining how, you know, judges need to have privacy. You know, I didn't know judges got fucking threatened like that. Listen, and me and my wife were talking about this. I go, I'm a fucking felon. And I've never, ever even thought of threatening a fucking judge. <laughs> that's, that's, listen, I'm a fucking convicted felon, been to prison. I've never threatened a judge. I've never had a problem with a fucking police officer except one. I've never raised my hand to an officer. One time, the guy that arrested me, not Jimmy Kola, I give him props in Boulder. His partner didn't like me, and I didn't like him, and that, that happens in life. But any other cop, I, look, a cops drive me to fucking Uncle Vinny's. Either retired cops or active duty cops every fucking Tuesday. It's either my nephew or my fucking best friend or my other fucking best friend that's a cop, an NYPD cop. So every week, you know, I like cops. I got nothing against them. I got the, uh, But suppose they get like fucking hundreds of thousands of threats. But when they were telling the story about the, the Spanish judge, they had to go into the other story about... Trump, how he tweeted uh, something about a Supreme Court justice about uh, blocking the fucking travel ban or something. And how, with the kind of threats he was getting, he had to go to a restaurant with a bomb sniffing dog. Like, I would never even dream of threatening a fucking judge. I fucking see a judge, I would give him the utmost respect because they have applied themselves to the law, something that I fucking dream i would have applied myself to but i you know how i am fucking sticking to laws but uh i respect that there's some part of me being a cop being a fireman there's some part of me as a cuban i don't know what it is being an immigrant that i got the utmost respect for fucking judges but that's not my point my wife was mad because she goes why do they have to throw trump into this and i go because they had to use that to explain the story so Back to Monday night. Monday night, me and Mike do the podcast Monday. Monday night, I'm sitting downstairs and I'm watching fucking uh, Law & Order. The regular one. I don't watch SVU. I don't like that. SVU. I did an episode, but I didn't fucking like it because they talk about rapes and shit like that. So it bothers the fuck out of me. So, I am waiting on Law & Order organized crime. 
You know you're going to see me on one of those fucking episodes or many of those fucking episodes. I'm going to try to get on that motherfucker the sooner as possible. If anybody knows the producers or whatever, let them know. Uncle Joey's fucking interested in law and order, organized crime. I'm ready to go. I'll play whatever they want me to play. Greasy Joe, Fat Tony, I don't give a fuck. At this point, let's bring it on. Anyway, so sometimes when you tell a story, you got to show an example of something else to tell a great story you want to see a great storyteller fucking sammy the bull Gravano. that's a great storyteller but anyway monday night's episode of law and order you know they play eighty-two thousand of them i've seen eighty-four thousand of them and i've seen each episode twenty thousand times but sometimes we just sit there across a bridge to wait for like i'm dying up here or something to come on we'll watch the tail end of a law and order and it was about a girl that uh, wanted to reach out to her father. Her her father and her mother had had an affair, and she had gotten pregnant. And she wanted to reach out to her father. And the father was now married. He had a child of his own. He had his own family, and he didn't want nothing to do with her. You know. And I thought about my situation with my ex daughter. I mean, listen, for me to move on, like I've mourned my daughter quicker than I mourned Ralphie because with my daughter, the quicker I moved on from my daughter, the quicker, I mean, it was just holding me down the pain, but I still think about it every day. I know I lied to you people and tell you that in my mind, she's dead. You know, I'm lying to you that she still crosses my mind every day at some point of the day. And once a month, I look her up on our social media just to look at her. You know, I don't reach out. I don't, uh, I don't cross the line. I respect her, you know, whatever she wants. If she doesn't want to talk to me, that that's something that I have to deal with, you know. But what really amazes me about my daughter the other day that I didn't understand is that for the first time in my life, if you see me and I look good and I look happy and I'm having a good time, I got something for the first time in my life that... For years, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, your mind is the strongest fucking weapon in the world, okay? Your mind is so fucking strong, and you have to learn to control your mind. And sometimes it is mental illness, sometimes it is mental awareness, uh, awareness. but sometimes your, your mind could take you into fucking deep holes, and you, like, the, the, you know, walk, I don't know, Minecraft, Warcraft, I don't know. My daughter plays some game and some guy told me not to let her play it because it takes you into different levels. Your mind works the same way. You know, let me just give you this example. I know we've been talking a lot about it, but I have to give you this example to understand. You know, so my my father dies. My mother dies. In 84, my uncle pretty much rejects me, who's blood. In 84, my godfather pretty much rejects me he asked me to sell coke and in i don't know 2004 my daughter decided she wanted to disown me also you know so i'm coming from a place where in your mind if you really want to be feel you know like if you really want to feel bad for yourself i got every right to do so and say that nobody wanted me i mean Nobody wanted me at the end of the day. My mother fucking took off. <laughs> my dad took off. You know, they saw me at the hospital. My dad's like, I'm not putting up with this big foot, 
Bigfoot, big eared motherfucker. My mother took off. My uncle told me to go fuck myself. And granted, I'm straight with my uncle today, and we love each other daily. I spoke to him last night. You know, my godfather, he could burn in fucking hell. Last I heard from him, he's in Boca Raton or one of those, the, the keys. For years, I thought of going down there and stabbing him in the fucking lung, but what would that do? You know, my daughter doesn't want me. You know, my ex-wife won't, whatever. So part of me always has felt as a rejected person. I mean, if you really look at it, you know, you have to be you have to be real with yourself from time to time and look at the fucking what's in front of you. You have to say to yourself, nobody wanted me. Nobody that was my blood wanted me, you know. And yet now I talk to my cousins and, I, you know, and listen, my cousins came into my life way before any of this thing started. My cousins came into my life in like 2009, right after I got married. My two cousins raised their hands. They came to the comedy store. No, I met them at the improv. I got a call from the improv that they had seen my name on the uh, gazebo. I wasn't even at the store then. So my cousins, yeah, I'm in touch with my cousins now and, you know, I got a little successful after I met my cousins. They're very successful, Eki and Emma, and I talk to them. We're still tight. Today, I'm tight with all my family members. But for a couple of fucking years there, I walked around knowing deep down inside that nobody fucking wanted me. And I know a lot of you people that watch this show or listen to the podcast, whatever, have at some point in your life felt that way. You know, my ex-wife didn't want me. You know, after a while... It wears on your fucking soul. I don't care how fucking tough you are, you know. And, I, and and you know what? I'm happy it happened because it toughened me up for comedy. It toughened me up for comedy. Getting used to re- a lot of people, you know, it's very hard to start comedy, but it's very easy to quit because the rejection. Nobody likes to be rejected. It's at any level, whether it's a date whether it's a piece of gum, you know, if I come up to you and go, let me bum a smoke, go fuck yourself. What? You know, nobody likes to be rejected. So for a long time, I felt really fucking rejected, you know. The first time I felt like I belonged to a society was when I became a comedian. But besides that, I always was a fucking lost soul. Once I became a comedian and Mitzi Short took me in and my wife took me in, I still had those feelings that nobody wanted me. I still had those feelings that nobody wanted me, but they had settled down over the years. When I got married in 2009, that settled it down a little bit, you know. As things went on, then my daughter was born. That settled it a little bit, but I still have these from time to time. I'm just human, just like you guys. I'm a sinner, you know. Uh, I cut when I bleed, you know, and I put my pants on one leg at a time, just like you. I have emotions, and I have shortcomings, and I have, you know, and we all have them. Some people don't want to acknowledge them. I have made a career. I have made a life out of acknowledging my weaknesses so I can make myself a better person. I've always tried to be a better person, but unless you look at your weaknesses with an honest fucking view, it's not going to fucking pan out for you. So for me, I was just trying to be honest with myself. Nobody fucking wants me. You know, I got to figure something the fuck out. 
you know, so that's why I think comedy came in. I mean, as a kid, my mother was a great mother to me, a great mother. But in my mind, after she died, like I said, the mind is a powerful fucking machine. And if you start adding fucking Adderall and that all that anxiety medication to it, that's why the mind is a power machine. People hang themselves, whatever. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not a specialist on it. But just alone, the mind is a fucking powerful machine because they'll take you and put you into a corner that you don't even know you're going in. You're painting yourself into a corner. That's why you always have to be on top of your mental health. You always have to check yourself. Shit, I watch these podcasts. You know, I sit down, I watch them, and I'm like, I'm not right. Today I feel good. Today I feel tip-top fucking my go. I had a good night's sleep. I thought fucking Monday I was going to go to fucking the doctor, and the doctor was going to tell me I needed another surgery. There was just so many fucking things. You know, I'm not, I got my relief band on. You know me, dog. I'm happening. I'm happening. I'm ready to go. But for years I felt very, 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 very rejected. And then Mercy was born. And like I told you, motherfuckers, Fuck you. I, I'm, you know, I gotta, I have to show you that I'm strong. So I have to say that, yes, I, I, you know, Jackie's gone. My older daughter's gone. There's nothing I could do. I don't, you know, she's dead to me. But if you know anything about my heart and my soul, you know, I'm, I'm lying to you guys. You know that I think about where she is every day. At one point of the day, it's not like I cry, I'm not going to bullshit you. And I, no, I just think. And once a month, I do go and check on her social media. Once a month, maybe once every other month, I Google her to see what she looks like today. You know, the last picture I Googled of her, I could see my cheeks and her face and my smile. Does it hurt? No. It feels like a finger in the ass. Yeah, it fucking hurts. It hurts all the way to the core of my soul. But the higher power threw me a consolation prize. And I have to accept it because she's more than a consolation prize. She's my heart, that little girl. So when she ran in here the other day and just jumped on top of me and fell like that, and I mean... Her weight was dead on my chest. I had ice on my knee. I'm like, what the fuck? She was just dead. And the tears were pouring from her eyes. And I was, you know, just, I just held her. And her mother came in and the mother looked at me and went, you don't know. And then when she went upstairs, the mother told me, she goes, it started about 9.30 last night. She goes, it started on the hill. She said she wished daddy would have came just to watch. That she knew I couldn't fucking go down the tube because of my knee. But she goes, then about 9.30 came, and she remembered the honeymooners, and that's your date night, and it was fucking off the charts from then. In my heart, yes, I feel fucking special as fuck that my daughter loves me. And so I had to write her, you know, I journal to her too. That's another one of my fucking many fucking jobs. I journal, I try to journal to her, and this journal I wrote, it was, listen, man, if you're going to freak out about me, you know, if you're reading this, I'm done. If you're reading this fucking journal, it's because I'm fucking kaputs. This weekend you went skiing or tubing, whatever the fuck. You were gone for one night and you came back crying. I appreciate the love and I appreciate the tears and stuff. But 
if you're reading this, I'm gone. And if you cried over me being gone one fucking night, you're going to lose it like I did when my mother died, when your grandmother died. I go, so keep it the fuck together, all right? <laughs> Get it together. You know I love you. This is why I write her this journal. You know I fucking love you. You know I care about you. You're not going to have any doubts. Not like me. I sit here today wondering what the fuck happened with my mother. She's not going to have those doubts. Because as soon as I fucking punch the ticket and they throw me in the incinerator, I wasn't going to get buried and go through the whole thing. Fuck that. I don't want no creepy funerals. No more. After that last funeral I went to, that's it. Now they put a net over you. You got to hold your hand. No, 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 no. Just burn me. And then you got to go. I got to go visit the grave every month. I got to go now when the fucking snow clears and undig my mother up there because that's going to cost me a fucking arm and a leg up there to fucking, no, just just burn me. After they burn me, they're going to give her a box. And it's going to have all the notebooks that I've written, journaled to her, so she knows all my feelings, how I felt throughout me being her dad and her growing up. She's going to know from the videos, I you know, that I'm not too proud of, but, you know, what are you going to do about that? She's going to see the video of me and Rogan getting in trouble. She's probably going to giggle. You know, she's going to see all these things. But she's also going to read that journal. And reading and seeing is two different things. And appreciating. She's going to appreciate I wrote that journal. I wish my mother would have wrote a journal to me. Thank. I want to give a shout out to Jax Teller from Sons of Anarchy <laughs> to turning me on to writing a journal to his kids. I thought that was the most brilliant fucking thing I ever saw in my life. He used to write a journal to his kid. Or I want to give a shout out to the creator. But for right now, Jax Teller fucking did it first. When I saw Jax Teller did it, I'm like, that's exactly what I got to do. And you got to be that honest with them in the journal. Write that journal for your kid. This is a, now you're like, fuck you, Joey. Fuck you. First, I got to write a journal for me every day. Now I got to write one for my kid. You want your kid to walk around when you're dead like a fucking mama? You ever see these kids? They walk around. My father died. Like I did. I was a fucking retard when my mother died. I was making stories up in my head that I was going to get a half a million dollars from somewhere. That there was a, a, a hidden will in my head. You know. That's what happens to kids when your fucking mother dies young and you don't have a support system and you don't have somebody to tell you the fucking truth around you. It took five years for somebody to tell me the truth. I didn't want to fucking accept it. I almost shot him, my uncle. We almost went to war. I don't want that to happen to my daughter. I want my daughter to know what happened every fucking step along the goddamn way. Do you understand me? I'm sorry, I'm thirsty, I've been talking too much, you know what I'm saying? But it just really shocked me that for the first time ever, like, and besides you guys, I mean, listen, you guys are my family, you guys come to the shows, you applaud and all that, and that filled the, that probably filled the big void in my heart, you know? I mean, we all do something for a reason. I mean, uh, I've turned this podcast the last three weeks into something since we have all this time on our hands. It's, it's a great time to self-analyze yourself and see what's going on, what's not going on, what's going wrong. This has been a fucking tremendous. This is, it's, I, I hate this pandemic for taking lives. I hate this pandemic for shutting schools. I hate this pandemic for a lot of things. But this pandemic 
has a silver lining to it. Everything always does in a life. This pandemic has a silver lining because every day during this pandemic, I have gotten stronger and better. Yeah, my comedy skills went down. Maybe as many people aren't watching the podcast as they used to. Maybe I'm not as funny as I am no more, but I have changed. I have truly changed my thoughts, my way of thinking, you know, how I look at things, and I see how other people have changed their ways of thinking. I'm watching what has gone on in a regular world that wouldn't happen to Tom Segura. I just got a call from a dear friend of mine that has been on a podcast. Tom Rhodes had an incident in his life. I mean, he's okay. Uh, you know, I'm not going to talk his business, but, you know, he had something happen to him that would never happen to somebody in a lifetime. So the world, yes, it's on its access. But this gives you a time to just one hour a day. I don't want you to fucking dwell on it for eight hours like a jerk off. You know, Mike got me a guitar. I want to thank Mike. I'm about a big round of applause. My brother Mike got me a guitar. You know, I told him, Mike goes, we'll do some lessons. I go, Mike, uh, right now, my head is not for lessons. So the other night I went on YouTube and I pressed in guitar lessons. Holy shit. Holy shit. I feel like a fucking asshole because, I mean, you can learn how to do anything on the fucking line. My friend told me to type in the knee surgery they did on me. That you could see the surgery being done. I don't want to yeah. see that shit. <laughs> but I typed in how to play the fucking guitar. And I was blown the fuck away. So the, I, I watched three different videos. And there was one long-haired guy. Real dirty white guy. kind of loved him. He looked like a junkie. I could tell at one time he was nodding. But his fucking videos are fucking good. And he could play. So... I watched his one video, and he said that for the first week, all I want you to do is pick up the guitar at night for one hour and just play it and just get used to handling it. Don't connect it to any amps or nothing. You know, the first night I got an amp somewhere, I was going to come in here and blow it up. Hello, Cleveland, you know, by myself. But I don't know how to do none of that stuff. But I think I needed a hobby, and I think Mike fucking solved the trick for me. So, you know, sometimes it takes somebody else to fucking... Figure out what you need in your life. Sometimes you do need a little push. So for the first week, I'm just going to sit there at night for an hour after my wife goes to bed. It's a fucking great guitar. I'm just going to play it with my little pick and make believe I'm Keith Richards. Every night I'm, I'm somebody different. So I've been doing it for three nights now. The first night I was Keith Richards. The second night I was David Gilmore. And last night I was Jimmy Page. Boy, I was a horrible Jimmy Page. Tonight I'm Tony Iommi. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Cut your yeah, I'm going to have to cut my fingers off. And then Friday, I'm going to be Vivian Campbell. I got a different cat every night. And then Monday, my Monday, I'm going to have my first lesson, I think, online. And then I'm going to dress up with the suit like that one guitar player that wears a suit with short hair. He's fucking great. What's his name? Jack White? No. No, I don't know what his what name is. Suit? He wears a fucking, like, an $800 suit. Fucking tremendous. No, not Prince. <laughs> Fuck. That's next Wednesday. I'm going to be Prince. I'm going to do Sign of the Times by myself. Chats. Boom, 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 boom. I'm going to have to have somebody play the bass here. Boom, 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 boom by themselves. But, you know, listen, this is a secret passion of mine for years. Listen, when you see 10 comedians, five of them are failed musicians. Okay? And it's the other way around, too. And it's the other way around, too. So, I know that I fail as a musician. <laughs> No, I played in a band, but we lip synced 
We were like ki- we were like Kiss in 1975. So we would put we, No, come on, Mike. You know me better than that. Not like Kiss. No, no, no. We just wore jeans and sneakers and Converse sneakers, and I was the lead singer because my voice hadn't changed yet. So I had a good voice, and my man Dean Laprete played the guitar. My other buddy John played the bass. And my man Ray Canella, who I still talk to, played the fucking drums. His father was a jazz drummer. So we would meet over his house every day. What I remember the most about the Canellas was that his mother used to have salsa. So you would put Kool-Aid in the class and use the salsa to make Kool-Aid. God damn, that shit is good. I used to drink every time I go, and I'd make 19 of those fucking Kool-Aids with salsa. I'd be farting for two fucking days after that. I was in a band. We didn't have a name. We were preparing to play in the school thing. So what we did was, like, uh, Dean really did play the guitar, and John was, like, a, a beginning bass player, and Ray was a fucking great drummer. And I was a great singer. You know, I had that Michael Jackson quality to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I really did. So our first song that we sang was Help by the Beatles. Nah, the, the only album we did was Help by the Beatles, the whole soundtrack, whatever. So we would sing the whole album with the album on, and then we'd try to do it without the album on, and it was a fucking disaster. So every band we played, every band we played, we break two needles, the three of us, but we're not the Beatles. Anyway, <laughs> you call me, you can call me C, whatever the fuck. You can call me DMC. I don't fucking know. What were we talking about? The band. So this is what fucking happened with the band, all right? We were doing great. We were in the sixth grade. Every day we rehearsed. I was on fire. I was like fucking, what was his name? When You see the Motley Crue movie, The Dirt? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like when they, Neil, Neil, whatever his name is, when they first got him, that was me, dog. I was fucking hot and shit in the sixth grade. In the sixth grade, Mr. Levito used to let me go up in front of the class every Friday and sing My Eyes Adored You by Frankie Valli in the Four Seasons. So every fucking Friday, I would be a crooner. I would dress up like with a shirt with my big fucking ears, and I'd sing My Eyes Adored You. And, and girls would go, Take a walk, boy. Get away from us. Like, fucking girls hated me. I would make believe like I was a crooner, like in fucking The Godfather. Though I never laid a hand on you, my eyes adored you. They're like, get the fuck out of here. So I started doing that. So they were like, you can sing. You should join our band. We're looking for a lead singer. So I was like, fuck it, I'm in. So I showed up down there. We rehearsed for like a month, dog. Did you ever play in the school? Listen to Wait Till the Fucking Zinger here. So we kept doing it, doing it, doing it. But we didn't want to do a Beatles. We didn't, we didn't want to do all Beatles songs. Like all of us weren't into the fucking Beatles. We like we all voted on help. Yeah, that was the best one. Mm-hmm. I need somebody help, not just anybody help. You know, I need someone help. When I was younger, so much younger than today. All that shit, I loved that. I loved all that shit. But the rest of that, I didn't dig. So we had a vote, right? We were like, what other songs do you want to add? Dean was an animal. You know, Dean LaPreet, my boy, he was an animal. And so was Ray. They had older brothers. So they were showing up with Steppenwolf. You know, they were showing up with all that shit. (laughs) And I'm learning the lyrics. I remember Steppenwolf's, uh, oh, another song I'm going to play tonight. I forget, I forgot it. 
We wake up every morning on the long clocks morning. Take the 815 to the city. In, taking care of business. Taking care of business. Yeah. Da-da-da-da-da. Da-da-da-da-da. I'm telling you, dog. We will. So we got into that, but the bass player didn't want to play that. He was like, "We either do Beatles or I quit," yeah. and we're like, "God damn it, we're just getting going on uh, whatever, taking care of business." The one born to be wild, yeah. okay. Uh, they had older older brothers, so like they their music tastes were not like. Uh, I think I don't, I don't know if they showed up with Led Zeppelin. I'd love to lie to you and tell you they did, That'd be cool. but no, I would love to lie to you. It was Steppenwolf, Born to Be Wild. If that's who sang it, uh, taking care of business. The other song that they had that was also big was "Give Me Your Money, Please," mm -hmm. and "Help." And then we were going to switch it up. You know, they had more ideas in the sixth grade. If you notice, when I do the album of the week, I don't talk about the sixth grade. I wasn't really. <laughs> You know, I wasn't really too. I, I was into pop music in the sixth grade. I knew, yeah. I knew who Elton John was. I knew who, you know, uh, love. Yeah, love to love you, baby. Don't mention Donnie and Marie, please. That's my mom. That <laughs> fucking Donnie Osmond caused me more pussy in the seventh grade than anybody. That fucking cock blocking cocksucker. I lived through Donnie. Then I got caught with fucking that cocksucker office and the gentleman Richard Gear. He fucked my shit up for years. Forget it. I'm not even talking to you motherfuckers no more. <laughs> so we were going to expand and play, but John didn't. He just wanted to do Beatles. He was a legitimate Beatles, Beatles fan, and he still is. And I loved him for it. But we're like, John, we want to expand. He got all diva on us. So we had a vote, and we voted him out of the band. And then we continued, but we couldn't find the bass player. There was only one other bass player. But this kid was just too heavy, like... Not fat. Like, he wasn't fat. No, 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 no. Oh, he had, in the sixth grade, he already had long hair. He already had, like, a fucking mustache, like a beard. You know, he was one of those sixth graders. He was already, like, dating, like, girls. He had groupies and shit. He was a tremendous guitar player and a bass player. Like, he could do whatever the fuck he wanted. So we were going to team him up. He said, you know, we'll do two guitars on one song or one bass or whatever. But he couldn't keep it together. I think he started glue. Like he was doing whatever that drug was. In the, whatever was big in the 70s that kids were doing, he was doing. Yeah. It was either glue or, or sniffing toothpaste. And he, he wouldn't show up for fucking rehearsals and shit. So we fucking fired him. But I'm going to tell you an interesting story and we'll close with this. When my mother died... Guess whose family took me in? Kid? John, the bass player we fired. Really? Yes. There no hard feelings. There was no hard. That there were hard feelings. There were hard feelings, but uh, he had a heart, and he, at that age, he was a good man. He's still a good man, and uh, he decided. And it was his father. But that's really weird that we voted him out of the band, <laughs> and four years later, I'm living with him in this fucking house. Life has a fucking weird way of fucking showing up and kicking you in the stomach. And that's it for this week, Wednesday, the 24th of February. I want to thank you guys for watching uh, Uncle Joey's Joint, for fucking always being there for us, for supporting us. You know, we got your back. Don't forget tonight there's a great fucking game on. I think it's Memphis against New Orleans. 
I think that's what it is. I, if, you, if you're not fucking around with DraftKings, tonight's a good fucking game. It's a good line. The line's a little fucked up. Take a look at it on DraftKings tonight. It's going to be a fucking great game. And uh, that's it and that's that. It's been a fucking full fucking week. I got shit to do and people to see. But uh, I really learned a really big fucking lesson Sunday that I just, your mind is too fucking strong sometimes. Don't let your mind throw that old negative shit on you. You know, we could all throw pity parties. We could all throw pity parties. But I refuse to. And I'm happy I did. I'm happy that I don't throw pity parties in my mind anymore. That was a bad thing to do. And uh, I have my daughter back. And that's all that matters. If my older daughter ever wants to come into my life, she's always welcome. Always welcome. Whatever happened between us, I could care less. I love her more today than I ever loved her. Uh, life just doesn't uh, always work out the way you want it to. So you have to adjust to it yourself and take what they give you and be grateful. And that's what I'm doing right now every day, especially with Uncle Joey's joint and with you guys. So uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for Patreon. Thank you for being here. And I'm sorry if the Patreon podcast was fucked up today. I, hi, I want to welcome Kara to our staff. She's going to be helping. My niece is going to be helping me on uh, on Patreon. She's a college student. She just made the honor roll. And there's no jobs by her where she's going to school up in Rochester. So uh, I just told her father, you know, her father George is like my brother. He took me in in 1985. And here we are. And we're still friends. And uh so I wanted to repay the favor. So she's on our new Patreon uh, payroll also, thanks to you guys. So thank you very much for watching The Joint. I love you guys. Don't forget to support our sponsors, CBD Lion, ExpressVPN, DraftKings, Relief Band, CBD Lion. I don't give all of them. Give them all the love and respect they deserve. Use code Joey on it. Res respect them all. I love you guys. Have a great week. Thank you very much for being here, and we'll see you Monday morning. Tip top motherfucking Magoo. All right, I want to thank you fucking savages for putting up with my bullshit on another beautiful Wednesday. It's going to be a great week. It always is. But before I go, I want to mention two things to you. Number one, CBD Lion. Number one in my book. Solid. I know them. I know these guys personally. I know how much they put into their product. I know how much they, they, they're just proud because the product they have is fucking superior to everybody else's. Whether it's the tincture, the gummy bears, the bath ball, the kinesiology tape, the kinesiology roll. I mean, listen, they're bringing it to you from all fucking directions. They're like the Gambinos in the 80s. They're not fucking around. Do me a favor right now. Why would you buy fucking CBD at a gas station? Why? Why are they? I drive up in Jersey. I go to get gas. I go inside to get rolling papers. They got fucking CBD at a gas station. Would you? What, 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 who raised you? Go to CBDLine.com right now. Press in Joey and get 20% off. Delivered right to your house. Get your CBD life started today. Read about CBN. Read about CBD. Read about CBY. They got a bunch of fucking CBs with numbers. Read about them. But it all starts by you going to CBDLine.com dot com press in joey the joint is also brought to you by express vpn listen like i told you in the beginning when you're in the bathroom doing your thing you close the door you don't leave the door open so people can look at you what what, what are you at a, at a museum 
Now, using the internet without ExpressVPN, that's like going to the bathroom and not closing the door. Do you, want, do you know that creepy internet providers actually spy on what you do? Every single fucking website you visit. That's why I tape that hole over the computer. And then they turn around and sell your info to an ad company. You ever fucking go for a plane ticket? You, let's say you put in, I'm going from L.A. to Houston. And ever since you put it in after that for hours, that's all the ads you got. Plane tickets for Houston. Ah, that shit wouldn't happen with ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN puts a stop to this fucking madness. It creates a secure tunnel between you and the Internet. No one can see what you're up to. It's between you and the big man upstairs. That's it. It all works on all devices and on Wi-Fi. Covers everyone in your home. And it's an easy to use as closing the bathroom door. Just push one button and you're protected. That's it. That's why ExpressVPN is rated number one. I don't fuck around. I'm not going to show up with some Susquehanna products. I, sus I show up with the real fucking deal for you people. Why? Because I love you. You're here with me in the grinders. I'm here with you in the grind. So if you're like me and you like looking at creepy fucking things from time to time, Believe me, your online security is your business. Secure yourself by visiting expressvpn.com slash Joey. expressvpn.com slash Joey. And they're going to give you an extra three months free. 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 So support the joint and protect your privacy at expressvpn.com slash Joey. I love you motherfuckers. Have a great week. I'll see you uh, next Wednesday at Uncle Vinny's. Right? Tonight, tonight at Uncle Vinny's. Yeah, I'm at Uncle Vinny's tonight and all through March. I love you motherfuckers. Have a great week and I'll see you Monday morning.